0: You are listening to the Power and Pros Podcast, a platform that serves as an active advocate for Black women to embody their authentic voice. Power and Pros is a space of healing and an invitation to profess the power you possess. Come along on the journey and let's get into the show. What's up, cool kids? You're tuned in to another episode of the Power and Pros Podcast. Y'all, it is National. Poetry Month. I am shook. I'm excited. And it's truly just an inspiring time because as a poet myself, most people, at least me, I see poetry as a solo journey. Sometimes I'm exploring my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, things that I've observed in the world, different experiences that I've had. And so it's difficult to share that with people to see if it's even relevant to others. And I find the month of April, National Poetry Month, a space where I'm reminded that there are so many people, like poetry is not an individual sport. There are so many people who love poetry, who enjoy it, who don't write. Artists come out and display their work in a different way. And it's truly an invigorating time for me, those around me, and our community as well. And so with that, we have a guest this month. I want to take time to not just highlight myself and my poems because you guys always hear that. I wanted to bring on other women who are crafters, who share unique perspective and so you can hear from them as well. And then chat a little bit about do they consider themselves poets? How did they get to that point? And all the things in between. So I am going to be joined by Paige Perez, and y'all, she's just so amazing. I met her through a friend, and we have been supporting each other ever since, so I'm super excited to have her on. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background about Paige, and then we'll pop right into it. So Paige Perez is a Caribbean American aspiring writer and journalist born and raised in downtown Brooklyn. Through her work, she hopes to uplift people who face social stigma and encourage community. She enjoys poetry writing and uses it as a tool to explore topics such as faith, personal growth, and overcoming fear and shame. Paige is the creator and host of Black First, an IG Live series that aims to serve as a celebratory and inclusive platform for Black poets to share their work and engage in dialogue about their nuanced experiences as artists. In the fall she will begin pursuing an MA in journalism at the CRED Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY for the class of 2022. Paige, welcome to the show. Thank you, Destiny. So nice to be here. Thank you for having me. I got introduced to you via Caitlin. Shout out to Caitlin. And even doing a Black First IG Live with you, which was I was so nervous about before we did it, but so I felt so good after like told my mom, I was like, I just did this thing. I'm so excited. I have just been thankful for how you show your work. You definitely share more often than me. Um, so I am excited to have you on.
1: Thank you. And it was a, an honor to have you on as Black First Episode 2, if I remember. And um it was like an Oprah session. Like I felt like <laughs> There was so many gems dropped, and you know you shared your work with us, and we were able to review like some of the things that you're working through in your creative season at that moment. And that's what Black Verse was all about is um, celebrating Black poets because your intro um, to this podcast was on point. We are out here, and um, we are different. We are um, so nuanced, but we have similar shared experiences in in creativity. I wanted to. Um, you know, be able to explore that and kind of form a little community through IG Live. And of course, this was started during pandemic times. So um doing my best to network and to reach out and um, to hear people. Um, so that's what that was based out of. So I'm so glad that um, we're able to experience that together. Same.
0: And I'm even more so excited that you're here during this month because usually when I have guests, we skip the power punch. Every episode that I have had a guest there has been no poem. It gives me time to recuperate and it also just allows more time for conversation to be honest. But this episode is going to be a little different because you're going to be sharing a piece of your work with us, which I feel super honored by. And this is a first for Power and Pro, so super super excited to hear from you, super excited to hear what you're going to share.
1: Yes, thank you. That's awesome. Um, I'll just go ahead and share. And then yes, I'll talk about kind of where I was at this point in time. So the piece is called Dear Daughter Surrender. um, And it goes like this. (laughs) Wake up, dear daughter, arise out of slumber. Release the thoughts that have hindered you. Release the shame that have silenced you. Introduce yourself to her, the woman you told your child self that you would someday embody. Wake up, dear daughter, arise out of fear. Let us set out on this adventure, a journey of love and pain. Your bones will ache, structures of discomfort will break, new spaces built to thrive in. Today is a day that the past is put to death. The present is reset with fresh perspective, and your idealized future is surrendered. Surrender the expectation that immobilized growth and failure. Surrender the control that deems your say final. Wake up, dear daughter, arise to praise God. That's all. Mm. <laughs> so that's the end of that. Um, it's funny reading poems back, like, with, with so much time, when so much time has passed. Um, right. But I wrote this during the summer of 2020. Um, specifically, remember sitting, um, I'm, I live in downtown Brooklyn, so we have a little garden space. So I was sitting outside and feeling all the things. And this is around the time where I was considering um, leaving my full-time job and pursuing just something different. I wasn't too sure what exactly that looked like at the time, but I knew that there was a call for um, something more. And many of us have that call. It's just, it's scary to step into it. And um, of course, there's so many factors that look different for everyone, but it's like, you know, what what am I willing to risk um, for something greater? And because mm-hmm. I, I really did feel in my bones that there was um, God's plan for me. And, and at, when I was staying at that full time position, I was operating at a place of fear and just not going for it. So um, it did take time after this poem to really think into specifics and pray into um, what that vision was, looks like and felt like. But I knew that this was like the, the beginnings of that and just uttering that it's going to be uncomfortable it's going to take time and it's going to almost feel like, you know, a breaking of sort, but the result of it's going to be really special. And um, now looking back, you know, months after into the new year, um, that's just, I'm already seeing the benefits of stepping out in that way and um, taking the risk um, to try something different, you know, than what people may say, Um you know, is too risky or too, you know, what are you thinking? You know, leaving a full-time job, like what next? I didn't have all the answers to those questions, but um, I knew I needed the space to kind of, to think those things through.
0: Mm, lots of reflection is what I hear. Even when you said the journey of love and pain, I was like, mm, like that takes a certain honesty to know that you might not run into the benefit immediately or it's not going to always feel like you're walking in purpose. It's going to feel like you're walking in pain and things are going to break. You had a line about that as well. And that's real, especially when we think about 2020. And even now, still undergoing present tense and remnants of the pandemic. And so Mm -hmm. with you even saying wake up multiple times, it was just to me serving as a reminder Every day there's new grace. Every day that we wake up, there's new opportunity. And sometimes you're going to have to say it over and over to yourself, or God's going to say it to you over and over because we can get caught up and fogged and bogged down by the things that are happening around us, in us, to us, decisions that are looming that we have to make, criticism that we feel we'll receive with those decisions. And so I just love the repetition. I love repetition in the poem. And the repetition (laughs) made me feel that maybe i woke up the wrong way the day before mm, but mm. i can try again today i'm breathing again today what does it look like today and you mentioned that the past is gone and even that it's like don't worry about what happened before what can we do right now what power can you stand in in this moment and so i think it was just a powerful piece and it's making me reflect when mm.
1: <laughs> thank you that's beautiful interpretations of it yes um To myself, when I was writing Wake Up, it was like, you know, of course, when you have that grind of like a nine to five, you're kind of you're kind of in a certain level of, you know, just continuation of repetition. Mm -hmm. Every day feels the same. And um, and of course, you know, there's not a lot of joy in that. And I really was feeling, um, you know, suffocated, like there was a lot of things that I wanted to do um, creatively that wasn't being fed or energized or you know, just uplifted in that position. Mm-hmm. So it's more like wake up, like really let let's try to flex these muscles that you know that you have. <laughs> let's um try to step out and um yeah operate from a place of love and and joy because um and of course, you know, you want to be grateful for having a work position, being able to, you know, all those things are not diminished, being able to um you know, you know, be able to provide and have some sort of income, but it's like, um, at what cost? So I knew that this time in my life was keen time, you know, in my mid twenties, but, you know, keen time to make those changes that I wanted to see in my life.
0: I love that. You talked a little bit, I believe in the piece or before the piece about, the decision to leave your job and people saying like, what are you doing? Like a little bit of pushback. Did you experience that? Or I guess, how did you work through owning your decision? On Power and Pros, we talk a lot about owning our truth, right? Standing in our authentic selves and whatever that means for us. And a lot of times it means something different for other people. They're observing you. They don't understand the feeling that you have, the the prayers that you've mm-hmm. sent up, the journal, pieces that you've written out. And so when you come to finally declaring, hey, I'm going to do this. Hey, I'm going to quit my job. Hey, I'm going to turn and go down this path. And I know it's a path I haven't walked before, but this is what I'm choosing to do. People feel the need to share, to try to course correct, Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. give their unsolicited opinion on what you're doing. (laughs) And so I wanted to a bit about as you were making that decision and then professing it to other people did you experience pushback one
1: and then how did you navigate that right so all valid everything that you mentioned um I believe that this seed was planted pretty early on um I just had imagined something different and um in the position and the the experience that I was in um like I said I wasn't I wasn't exploring like there was just no joy like I really felt depleted and so it was in my mind for a while it it took some time to muster up the courage to do it but I really spoke about it often with my family with my friends and you know there was actually two actually three other friends who decided to leave their positions as well to also go through this journey so I wasn't alone I knew that it was also a big risk for them in their own right. So a lot of those things were in place. um, But also, I felt like um, time—you know, especially with the um, pandemic—I really was reflecting on life and how time is is not guaranteed. So I really wanted to actively take steps and put myself in just a different space completely. Mm -hmm. Um, I needed time away to really think about. What is it that I want um, to contribute, you know, to my community, to the world? Like, what is it that God um, is envisioning for my life? And I couldn't really do that. Um, I was working in event space, event conference planning space. So a lot of work and really hard work. So it's like to have a space to actually think about these things um, in real way that's unique to you. I really needed to kind of step away to have the, my own voice and God's voice shine through. Um, so those things had to be in place. And of course, you know, when it came time to let them know there was a lot of disappointment and, um, but all in all the overall tone was, you know, we wish you the best and thank you. Um, so once that, once I kind of shedded that skin and, um, you know, really took some time, I actually hit the ground running really quick after that because I wanted to apply to grad school for journalism. And so it's like now looking back there was a lot of seeds that were planted um throughout my life um that now it's like it has come to fruition because I have allowed it to. Mm. So God plants visions, you know, you could randomly lay out, you know, walking or just you know writing your poetry he he plants visions in your in your mind um that only you can do and you know that you could do it um it takes time though and of course to overcome those fears so this is why i like to write in my poetry about overcoming fear and shame because the past likes to make itself known and a lot of you know um thoughts of this is too late you know <laughs> there's too much happening in the world, like, people are in need, which is, which is all true things. Um, I needed to set out, though, am I actually doing anything that is helpful <laughs> to someone else? Like, am I actually um, making some sort of change within myself and others, you know, to love more, to uh, be authentic self, which is what you talk about so eloquently? And um, I wanted to first create that in my environment, myself, mm. like my physical being in my practices every day. And, you know, in your friend groups, I wanted that to reflect absolutely everywhere. And that started with the thing that took most of my energy and time and headspace, which is the workplace. So I needed to step out of that um, to fully realize um, and say yes to what God has, and, you know, planted in me. I'm a, I'm gonna say throughout my whole life because now I can see it, but when you can't see it, um more recently, you know, um when it's like what actually do I want to create? Yeah. Um that reflects his goodness. So
0: that's good. Hmm. I like the space that you created space, and it seems like you even did that in your writing practice because this poem was born out of you taking time. To sit and explore how you were feeling, what was going on in your life, what you feel like you were hearing. And I think that is so critical and it's easy, especially if our jobs are demanding, family is demanding all those things Mm -hmm. to Mm. not create the space or to make up reasons why there is no space. Like you may want the space, but you're repeatedly telling yourself a narrative that you can't get it, even if you try, that there's no room for it. And so you being able to say there is space and I can create it, like owning that piece and taking power in that is just a beautiful thing to be able to sit in and even to hear you reflect back on. And so thinking further with that, in your writing. How did you begin writing? What were your goals as you started? Was it something that you've always done or is it something that has kind of popped off more recently?
1: That's great. Great questions. Um, Of course, you know, as a kid, I enjoyed, you know, journaling. Um, I kind of was on and off about it, not too committed, but because I just had so many thoughts and by the time I would get them down to my journal, like my hand would ache and I would be tired (laughs) <laughs> and um, so I was pretty not, non-consistent with that. But um, of course, you know, you have writing assignments for school. and But I think in all, it really came down to my ultimate goal, which is, you know, telling a story of my grandmother and her immigrant story and um, eventually having the tools. Um, well, I have the tools, so that's the thing, recognizing that. But eventually um, getting started on that project, but... Um, that was always a, a calling on my life was to talk about her experience and to um, record it so that others can, you know, can be and have benefit about um, the Haitian American experience. So th- that's something that was always, again, we talk about visions, something God put in my heart. I wasn't quite sure what that looked like, if that was mm-hmm. writing, if it maybe could be something else, if it could just be, you know, my life honoring her and her journey and I wasn't quite sure, but that's always been something, you know, that I've really carried with me because I'm, I'm, I mean, we say, you know, daddy's girl, mommy's girl, I'm a grandma's girl. So, so that was something, um, I wasn't quite too sure how to express yet, but writing actually came about around 2019 for poetry. Um, I just had a lot of feelings and thoughts again, being in the workplace, Romance things that I wanted to heal from regarding shame and fear And I literally I specifically remember like riding home after a long work day on on the subway And I was like I need to write something right now. I'm gonna burst (laughs) So (laughs) as soon as I walked outside of the you know station Um, there's a park nearby. I literally sat on the bench. It was like around 6 p.m And I just took out my phone, you know shout out to the notes app and I just wrote a poem um what was really just festering and um inside of me and i just like looked at it for a while i was like this is okay <laughs> i wasn't kind of judging it um i was just looking like you know i this was really existing inside of me and needed to mm-hmm. exist somewhere else so i could <laughs> move on breathe and um you know explore this further and i found like throughout time that i wanted to share these things because yeah, there were topics about fear, um, shame, you know, regarding sexuality or just thoughts that, you know, after years of wanting to heal from something, finally doing that through poetry. So that was um, a vessel for me to do that. And I felt um, that others also, you know, could benefit from my words. and mm-hmm. um, And I knew that it was something that God imparted to me. Because it just really just poured out in a way that now even reading some of the poems from 2019, 2020, it's like, wow, like, I really wrote that. (laughs) I'm really proud of myself. Like, there's, um, when you kind of push away all that fear and doubt, and, you know, imposter syndrome being a very real thing, I was like, you, you are very capable Um, And, you know, for all your listeners, you are capable and you have all that you need and your experience is so valuable. Um, Others can really benefit from the things that you're talking about that you experience in the dark. So to bring that to light, um, letting people know that you're not alone in these things um, is the things I realized within myself. And poetry kind of helped, you know, bring the communication, that self-communication together. And sharing that um, has hopefully, you know, caused a lot of reflection and um, just healing within others, too. But poetry was the first thing that got me interested in writing at all, coming from a a place of love. And then journalism was just, you know, was really because there's just so much happening in the world and how we cover in our media and in our representation, the arts especially, how we cover these things. Um, really influences how people see one another and make decisions, feel equipped to make decisions in how they go about their everyday life, but also how they interact with different communities. You know, I'm really passionate about the elderly. Um, I think there should be, again, from Grandma's Girl, so there should be more resources and attention and just overall love and care paid to our senior citizens and just a, a thankfulness, like gratitude towards their lives and we can learn so much from their example Um, and they're living they're here with us. So why not engage with them, you know, make sure they feel comfortable and no matter what type of life that they had that they, that they know that they're loved and seen. So those are all things um, that journalism I believe can um, be a great medium to communicate and impart on others.
0: Your heart for, loving people and wanting that to come through in how you write is just deeply rooted in you. You can hear it as you're speaking. And I love that That time when you wrote on the train, shout out to the notes app for real, because it has <laughs> come through in moments when I do not have a pen and paper. And like you said, mm-hmm. something is in. And I'm like, if I don't get this out right now, it's going to be a problem. So right. completely <laughs> relate to that. And you spoke about not judging the work in that moment. And I think that is super Mm -hmm. critical. And I want to hang there for two seconds. When we write, and there are people even who listen to the show that don't write at all. And I think that's great. Like, I love all of the listeners, first of all. But if you are considering writing, whether it's a poem or otherwise, just literally ranting in your notes app and you're worried about how you'll sound, if it's going to be too judgy, if it is too envious, like all the things that could come out if you're too upset and you feel like maybe you shouldn't be, whatever it is, if there is something on the inside, it needs space. As Paige was talking about earlier, and I think providing that space for yourself is such a gift. It's such a gift mm-hmm. because there are so many times when I have waited on people to give me permission to have that space, and it hasn't come. The permission didn't come. I didn't have the space. I didn't have the resources. I didn't have the tools. And it felt even more suffocating. And I had to, I'm still in the process of pulling back the layers a little bit and seeing where I'm, I am can empower myself. I am capable of saying, hey, you need to explore this. You need to go down this road. You can do that right now. Other things can wait. You don't have to make this perfect. You just need to explore your emotions, your thought, the experience. And so I just want to share that piece is that you don't have to judge even after you've finally done it. I think there are times when we do something and then we judge it and that's what stops us from ever doing it again. And that can be dangerous. You start to not trust yourself because you did give yourself permission and then you took it away. And... uh, By not doing that, it allows you to fully explore what your voice even is. When we talk about standing in your power, standing in your voice, Paige eloquently saying who her work is for, what her heart is for, that takes exploration. It takes being able to sit and listen to your thoughts, to reread your thoughts in a different season and see if you still feel that way. But if we don't take the first step, it's literally right foot, then left foot, right foot, then left foot. Um, a lot of us think that we have to have it completely mapped out and I'm going to go to grad school in the year of 2021 and I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to talk to these people because I care about that thing. And it's not always that way. It starts with the notes app, putting out something <laughs> on that day and then it can blossom to so many other things like our IG live series where you're interviewing other people and poems to come that could turn into a book later, becoming a journalist, so many things. But it starts with that one step. So thanks, Paige, for blossoming that thought in my mind. And you do share your work. um, And you plan to share even more as you venture off into becoming a journalist and going to grad school. And so is that easy for you to do? You do share on Instagram. Um, Guys, make sure that you follow Paige on IG. You have your IGTV live series. And then even sharing with us here today. Is that easy for you to do?
1: No, <laughs> um, not at all. At first, poetry was for me. You know, I'm like, this is not going to see the light. You know, okay. which is fine as which is fine as well because everything you you know you just stated so beautifully is absolutely very real, and you know you need to be able to hear yourself first and um, accept accept, you know, your current state, like, you know, where, where's your mind at? Where's your soul at? Like, what's happening in your environment? In coming to process those things, writing is a, is an incredible tool to do that. Um, but, you know, I really thought about who am I writing this for? And at first, it was selfish, it was something that, you know, it was, it was definitely inward, it was the individual trying to find, herself, you know, again, her voice, um, what she's experiencing, but I was, because of the topic matter I was talking on, you know, regarding sexuality and, um, a lot of things that I experienced in my past and coming to, coming to heal from these things and forgive. Um, I was like, I really need to share with others because maybe I don't really see anyone else talking (laughs) about, you know, topics around shame or, um, you know, coming to realize yourself um, apart from your experiences, but also because you had those experiences to be, to forgive, like forgive. If you played a part, you know, forgive that. Like, um, you know, if things happen to you, you know, to, to forgive, um, the past and to be able to be like, you know i'm not going to beat myself up about these things anymore because i want to live a full life and so you know when you say and so thank thank i thank you so much for saying these things that you know you you can hear the love in my voice it's really because there was a lot of loving on myself that had to happen first and poetry was that really the thing to take me on that journey and to start that journey and since then you know whether it was cutting my hair or um, you completely bald or applying for grad school, like really just doing the things that, um, that God planted the seed for me to do um, has really just opened new possibilities. So sharing, to answer your question, sharing um, is something that came out of, these are topics that really... Were scary for me to utter and to first of all recognize in my life. So let me be bold enough and you know be courageous for a second and for something that can seem very small, so that others can uh, feel validated and heard. So that was it. First started self at a selfish place, but um, now looking back, I think and I hope that um, others can explore those things within themselves and just give a little love and light to that little girl or um, that person inside of you who just needs a big big hug.
0: (laughs) I feel the hug literally right now. I feel it. And I thank you for that. You also touched on how you cut your hair and I cut my hair, I think 2019. And so that was a huge decision for me. Talked about it on the show many episodes back. And you also explore sexuality just in conversation and through your work. And so I want to chat with you about that decision to cut your hair, going completely bald, and also sexuality in general, how you express it, what holds you back from feeling like you can express it, and how you have found your authentic voice as you explore yourself in that way.
1: Yeah, all amazing questions. First, so the hair, I mean, all these things um, play into each other. Um, initially, my hair journey, and I recently wrote an article about it, um, and it, it's it's available on the Girls' Room website, so you can read that journey. But initially, it started as, like, my hair itself, I mean, I have curly hair, curly natural hair, and it started to break, um, I think because of um, lack of proper care, um, you know, the dryness uh my hair started to become fine and weak and caring for curly hair is challenging. Um it's not impossible, but I I just completely lost in in the amount of products that I bought, like the time taken to wash the hair. I was like, this really was um a big time consuming task. <laughs> and um if anything it brought more stress on my life caring for my hair and um but really i identified with hair i mean i was you know raised you know by my grandmother and really it was echoed throughout the media and the beauty industry and honestly the people around me that your hair is your beauty like your skin your physical appearance all those things um at the time i associated that with my actual worth and my own understandings of my beauty and my identity mm-hmm. so those things were um, one and the same for me. And I, I knew that it didn't feel right because I'm like, these things are, you know, so fading. Um, and I was experiencing that as you know, my hair was breaking every time I would go to like a hair salon. They would tell me that, you know, my hair's not doing well, the amount of stress and like, you know, the, the, beating down on my self-esteem that would come out of that experience. Um I would cry often and I would cry as a young teen and just I felt like I I wasn't taking control of a situation that I should be and um I wasn't equipped for it. So in time though, um I visited a hairstylist. Uh, she told me basically, "You should just <laughs> you should just shave it off and start again because I mean, that was just an awful hair appointment." And so I really did start to consider what she said, though, but I wanted to come from a place that was more positive, um, more embracing and sensitive to my feelings. And I really wanted to understand um, and really visualize myself, you know, with no hair, like, what does that feel like? What does that look like? Is Can I even pull it off? Like, is this even for me? <laughs> um, and But all in that time i was considering new things for myself like what does beauty look like what does my expression of myself my sexuality look like like i'm i just began again you mentioned earlier you know giving yourself permission like when you become an adult i feel like um an individual i should say you're you give yourself permission to step out in ways you don't have to wait for the beauty industry, you know, your parents, um, your friends and family to be like, it's okay to do these things. You have complete control over your body, your expression of your body, um, how you want to feel in it. And those, those thoughts were beginning to percolate in my mind. But I, I spoke to two, two women who are absolutely beautiful, stunning women um, that I met previously and I had in my network. Um, who are bald. And I asked them about the experience and the amount of encouragement that they gave me. They were like, girl, you're going to see yourself for the first time. Like, you're going to be able to um, claim your own identity and explore who you are. Like, it's really the most... And then, you know, one person she referred to as like a shedding, like literally that weight is actually lifted off (laughs) your shoulders, but also you don't, you can just think about things differently, consider yourself differently, um, consider others as well and be kinder. And so um, eventually it came time, uh, made the appointment. And if I tell you I was smiling like so big ear to ear, every time she clipped my hair and just more and more fell to the ground, it was incredible and literally radiating out of my seat. Um, I would spend so much time looking in the mirror because I couldn't really recognize myself like that joy, that complete surrender to all the things that I tried to maintain so hard, like those, mm. you know, those feminine beauty standards that we yeah. try so hard to hold on to. And, and we really do, you know take the time to maintain like and we we call it you know like high maintenance or like some sort of care but nails (laughs) hair skin all these things is we afford a lot of energy resources and time to these things and i completely just threw that out i was like she's gone this hair is gone um i was also shedding though you know along with the hair i was shedding and surrendering control. You know, I know that God is in control of my life and no one else has the autonomy, including myself, you know, to to tell me what I can and cannot do. And it's really me and him working in partnership in this lifetime. So, let me completely and that that was also around the time where I was considering leaving work too, so mm-hmm. it's not like all these things are different experiences; they all played into each other, and it's the most rewarding experience for anyone want you know considering it. you feel the the beauty that you feel i mean yes, you physically look beautiful first of all, but second of all, the beauty from literally the light from within is so bright, and it's just so loving. I just felt like. I gave myself the biggest gift by ridding of something that caused so much stress and pain and yeah time and energy that I wasn't feeling great about. It wasn't just con- it wasn't contributing to my person. So mm-hmm. I had to let the hair go. The way that shaving your hair connects to my exploration of my sexuality is um I wanted to explore confidence, self-esteem, you know, making decisions because I was always someone who was wary in my decision-making, you know, not someone who able to commit to something with great strength and focus. And like that sort of, I'm very, I'm I'm a very indecisive person, first of all. So I wanted to to be able to explore these things that are traditionally, you know, if you look at the uh, the definition of it, masculine. And I wanted to explore that within myself, within my wardrobe, something that I like to play with you know, for years. So when I cut my hair, of course, it's like, you know, women can't be balls. Like, (laughs) um, again, a woman's beauty is, you know, her hair and these types of things. But I knew that it's not true. And I wanted to allow for those things to exist within me because we are not solely one thing. We are not one box. We are many things. And I wanted to give myself again the space, the room, the permission to explore that without we you know without shame. I mean, we are as women, we are not completely 100% feminine all the time. <laughs> like there are masculine traits that reside within us and vice versa um, for the men who are listening, you know, you can be loving, you can be caring. You, you know, you can be emotional and connect with others in that way, be patient. So These are all things within us. I just wanted to explore that. And by shaving my head, that was a physical, also a physical taking on of those things. But you don't have to exactly shave your hair to explore those things either. You can just allow yourself to step into, you know, a role that typically would be associated with a man. Or just take Mm -hmm. command of a space. Take command of your body.
0: Again, going back to space. Just allowing the space to consider what you need what's serving you when you're speaking about your hair and your hair can stress us out are you joking like my hair um I don't I need to wash my hair right now first of all and I just like I don't want to do that like you know so I just think that Mm -hmm. um it's 100% is allowing the room to decide even what you want to do and what you're avoiding doing a lot of times we think about what we already are doing and how we need space to continue to do that. But there are some things we're avoiding and even taking the time to figure out why and what triggers you deciding not to move forward with that thing. For me, I, when you talked about clothing and fashion, oh my gosh, that was such a thing for me. And I don't like to wear, my mom is, tomboy she was self-proclaimed tomboy she doesn't like to dress up she doesn't wear makeup for real like she can put on some tennis shoes some jeans some sweats and be good and I'm different from her in the way that I do like to explore my femininity in the traditional sense however I love a good pant and like some sneakers and a hat and that's me you know and for so long I didn't think that I could do that because I didn't think I was cute To be real, I don't think I was cute enough to pull off the tomboy look. I thought that girls who were stunning, 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 stunning who you know are like fire, who are it, they could do the androgynous look or they could flip to the other side because you believe in their femininity so much that you kind of don't take their tomboy side, I guess, seriously. Like, you know, but that's Mm, what I thought. And um, examples of that in my head especially, I don't know, um, beginning of high school, junior high years, give me a, like, Sierra. give me a Tiana Taylor, like, those people. Mm-hmm. I thought they're so stunning when they're when They're on the red carpet and they have on some heels and a dress that, yeah, if they put on the suit of Zendaya, like, if she puts on a suit, we're like, look at her killing all these men in this suit because we believe in her when she's wearing a ball gown, you know? And so... Mm. I that's the mindset that I had. And so since I didn't view myself as that girl, I was like, well, then, sis, you got to put this sweatpant, little two-piece suit that you have, you got to put that up, or you wear that only in the house, or you can buy sneakers, but let's make sure that we have some sandals and some whatever else to wear, because you need to make sure that the femininity is always the higher octave. That is being Mm sent out to people when they interact with you. And honestly, in moving to New York is when I really begin to shed that mindset. And it's because nobody cares. Like, you know, here is so different. I am from the Midwest. And I definitely think there are some, there's a lot of Southern mindsets and traces of things in Missouri, 100%. And it's not reflected here in New York as strongly. And there's so many more people and backgrounds and experiences here in the city. There's so many more job opportunities and people having to dress different because they're going to an acting audition. Nobody's acting in Missouri, not on a large scale at least. And so I was able to see people express themselves daily, hundreds of people on the train, hundreds of people when I'm walking to work, hundreds of people when I'm going to the grocery store every day. And I got jealous of people. And I was like, look at her, looking bomb. And it's regular, smuggler, your everyday Jenny from the block, not Zendaya, not Sierra, not Tiana Taylor people who are living their lives. And they have their green hair and they have their Gucci bag. They have their sweatpants and their forces and their hoodie. And I'm like, look at you. Like, you know, and I was beaming with pride for them. And I was robbing myself of being with pride with myself. For looking that way for expressing myself that way and so yeah I mean it's been a flip also I think the churches we go to and even my job I don't have to wear a suit and like just super professional in any of the places that I reside either and so that allowed space honestly where it's like if you really want to wear xyz today you can do it if it's up down if it's left right there's a space for it because the train, casual, or it could not be. like Everybody's accepting of whatever's going on the train because we all have to use it. At work, same situation. I've like, worn some heels. i wear some popping fits to work, okay? But then also, there are days when I'm like, look, we are up in here. I'm going to be typing on this laptop all day. Y'all going to get what y'all going to get. Or I have cramps. I don't feel like dressing for y'all. Like You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is. And really telling myself I can do it. Whatever you want. And sitting in it. And some days... It was uncomfortable. Some days I was like, "All right, how are people gonna feel?" Some brunches. I'm not giving you a brunch fit every time I go to brunch. Sorry. Like it's just like I don't. It does. It takes up mental space. You spoke about that, and so I can just so relate when you were speaking on fashion specifically because that was a huge space for me to explore. And then when I cut my hair, I got my little pixie mushroom cut. So not exactly bald but I was natural at the time when I cut my hair and now I'm relaxed and in the black community of course it's like a huge liberation period with owning our curls and our natural beauty and exploring that and I was like relaxed when I was younger but then transitioning to being natural that felt amazing and I cut my hair myself the first time I went natural and so that felt good a little 2 a.m watching YouTube and just cutting it and being free like you were speaking about and then doing it again, I felt it was more on my terms, even more mm-hmm. so than when I went natural because it was something, too, that I longed to do. If I pulled up my Tumblr, oh, my gosh, from, like, back in the day, I know that I liked, heart-eyed, and saved so many girls with pixie cuts, short hair. And I thought that I couldn't do it, you know? I was just like, I don't know my head shape. I don't know if I can pull it off. With fashion wise, I don't know. My ears are going to be cold. I said anything. I said literally anything. And then doing it, I've never felt more cute, more popping, more alive. And it feels even more electrifying because it's a decision that I made. It's permission that I gave. It was space that I allowed. And so, yeah, it's just a beautiful thing when you decide something in your mind. And like you said, God will. Leave seeds. He will plant things. He will repeatedly show you things. I can recall the pictures on Tumblr and stuff that I've seen on Instagram and stuff on Twitter and social media in general, girls that I've seen on the train, all of that because they were seeds. And as we water them, as we continue not to avoid them, but lean in, it truly frees you in a way that you can't even describe if you weren't there. So I'm thankful for you sharing your journey with that because I can relate and it's it's just a beautiful thing and I'm happy that yes. you're okay I'm definitely going to link your the girls room article in the show notes as well so people can read more up on the journey see some pics of you looking fly and like themselves
1: and I just want to add you know it doesn't you deserve to feel good anyone deserves to feel their best and and also you know doesn't I feel like it's almost um, reg- irregardless of what the circumstances, you know, if you want to wear the sweatpant, wear it. If you want to wear the sneaker, do it. Like, that's a thing too. It's like listening to your inner self. You know, how do I want to feel today? But irregardless of the circumstance, you know that you're beautiful. You know, whether that is wearing your hair natural or relaxed, you are beautiful. That's your space to claim. You know, it's not, it's not so much of, you know, following trends or following what's happening on the outside world, but what is it that, that you want to embody in yourself every day? Mm -hmm. And yes, and I I agree with everything that you were saying about, you know, I, I admire people who wear a pantsuit. I love a pantsuit. I live for a pantsuit. I love different colors. I love, you know, popping the heel with it or wearing a sneaker. I think it's the most striking, strikingly gorgeous outfit on a woman is a pantsuit. And it's very interesting observations that you made earlier. Um, So thank you for sharing those things. But it's like, I 100% agree with you. We could, we can embody all these things and it's okay. It's okay to experiment and it's okay to question why we think the way that we do you know why do we associate you know colors like pink or dresses or things with women like why why do why do these things why do we have these ideals onto us and how are those things limiting to our self being fully expressed or allow you know having others also be expressing themselves in that way and you know i wanted to to really pay mind to the things that we were told as young people, we're told in the media, you know, we're told by messages every day to give yourself the room and space and then also encourage that within others and that's the thing too when you saw that that girl on the train i don't know if she knew what she was doing but she inspired you she influenced you and by you again going on that journey and stepping into that that can that can be a blessing for someone else you know giving permission for someone else to try those things but really i really hope that we can be critical of and just ask questions you know why why do we associate these things and by doing so how is it harmful? Not only to ourselves as women, but to other people, you know, within the LGBTQ plus community, to the men. You know, how are these ideals, these gender roles and expressions of it limiting to our experience?
0: I Paige, you just make me feel so great. Like like I said earlier, I just truly feel a hug from you in this conversation. And I'm thankful that you shared all that you did from your piece at the top of the show. To all the gems that you dropped in between. And if people are leaving this conversation with one thing, one power tool that you can close us with, one power tool as we continue into National Poetry Month,
1: what would that be? The vision that God gave you, it's His plan for you. And to listen and say yes to it. Don't waste time analyzing something that's so good and oftentimes too good. For you at this moment to understand. Know that God has set something out before you that is so incredible. It's almost overwhelming to think about it. But lean on to him to take the first steps towards realizing these things for yourself. We're waiting on on you to bless others. and, And that's by being your full self. Say yes to yourself, your needs, and the things that God is imparting onto you
0: good. That's good. A simple yes, and you said leaning on God. That is key. Too often, we mistake our yes with, I have to do this in my might, my power, my strength, and that is not it. That's not the call. The yes is relying on God's strength, his might, his power, his plan, and that he'll be the ultimate orchestrator in seeing it through. That we are partners but we're not the sole investor. He's the biggest investor in your life. He's the biggest investor in your plan. And you're on a walk with him. And again, it's a right foot and a left foot, but you got to say yes to the journey before you can begin. So thank you, Paige. Oh my gosh. How can we keep up with you, hear more about what you're doing, see more of your work?
1: Yes. Yes. So you can follow my Instagram. It's P the number three, I-G-E. I'll be posting, um, of course, sharing poems. I hope to start up Black First for 2021 very soon. I'll be writing as a contributing writer for the girls room. I also, you know, I'm at an internship for art. So there's a nonprofit organization. I'm uplifting artists who are in the mental health community. So I'll be sharing features and art from that in Dover's. And, you know, just to add to our, our power tool discussion, um, just to add, you know, the time it takes for you to realize something, you know, be patient and graceful. You know, I don't want others to feel like, okay, let's drop everything now, <laughs> like the time the, and step into it, but the time it takes for you to um, come to realize something, all of it was necessary. You know, that message that God gave you, you didn't quite listen the first time, second time, third time, and many times after that, that only brings a greater sense of validation, reassurance, and um, strength from, you know, when the time comes. And when you look back and realize you needed all those little graceful reminders and opportunities for you then, you know, to come and fully step out. So be be graceful with with oneself is how I'm going to end it out.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Guys, be sure all of Paige's links will be in the show notes. So be sure that you follow her, connect with her, read her work. It'll be inspiring and a true just joy for your life. As always, you can keep up with the show at Power and Pros Podcast. Shoot me an email, sign up for the newsletter keep up with all the things. I love you guys. And remember to profess your power and there's power in pros. Bye.